0: Thank you for listening to this message from the pulpit of New Grace Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. We hope the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you and your family. We are beginning a a new series this morning entitled Learning to Listen. Learning to Listen. We're going to be looking at the parables of Jesus. Listening is a crucial life skill. How many of you parents have children that you think don't listen? Yeah, everybody's getting their hands up. How many of you uh, couples have a spouse that you think doesn't listen? Uh, April's not here, but her hands are up at home. Uh, she will tell me all kinds of stuff, and like uh, you know, she'll she'll mention something to me, and she'll tell me, "Oh, we're going to do this on Friday. We're going here. We've got plans with this person. We're going to do this." And then Friday comes, and she'll be like, hey, be home at such and such time so you can get ready for tonight. I'm like, get ready for what? I told you three days ago what we were doing. You you heard me, you listened to me, but I I heard what she said, but I didn't process it. Listening is a vital skill that we have to have in life. And when you study the parables of Jesus, you're going to notice something. Every time Jesus told a parable in one way or another either using some phrase or another he always said listen to what i'm saying there's a difference between hearing and listening hearing is just i hear what i hear noise going on i hear what's what's happening listening is i hear what someone is saying i'm absorbing the information i'm Remembering it, I'm thinking on it, I'm going to use what I'm being told to do something different in my life. Uh, the parable that we're going to look at today is actually it's a parable about parables. It's a parable that Jesus used that Jesus uses to explain to his disciples why he teaches in parables. Uh, Jesus always used parables to teach a profound truth. But there was always a deeper purpose behind it. He sometimes used parables to obscure the truth. Now, I know that seems kind of contradictory, kind of confusing, but we're going we're to see why he did that in the parable again this morning. So get your Bibles open to Matthew chapter number 13. Uh, Matthew chapter 13. This parable this morning... It shows us, how many of y'all know someone who you consider intelligent? They're smart. I'm not done with the question yet. They're smart. They're book smart. They're intelligent, but they just, they can't seem to understand the things of the Bible. They're very book smart. They may know a lot of news things. They may know a lot of information, but when you talk about God in the Bible, they just, they can't grasp it. They can't understand it. This parable is going to explain to you why some people seem to be smart, but they're not. Did I forget to dismiss Children's Church? All right, we're going to dismiss Children's Church. Children's Church, you can go ahead and me dismiss. I'm sorry. I totally forgot about you kids. Uh, I wasn't listening. And you weren't either. And I heard you not listening, so I'm dismissing you now. All right, I'm sorry. That's my problem. <coughs> So the parable he's going to talk about today it shows us why some people they they seem smart, but they don't really understand the things of God. Or it's going to show us why people interpret the Bible differently. You know, some of some people can can read scripture and they can get one truth from the Bible. And then someone reads the same scripture and says, "No, it doesn't mean that. It means this." And so people interpret different parts of scripture differently. Uh, or it's going to show why some of you have a hard time listening while I'm preaching. I start preaching the Bible and your mind starts drifting. You have no idea what I'm saying. You get real sleepy. And I'll look up in a few minutes and you'll be sleeping, Jesus. That's why I don't like Facebook church, because I can't see you snoring at home. But I, I know some of you are. I know some of you, you're watching me on a, you've got me playing on a screen. People at home, they're playing on a screen, but they're also watching, you know, playing a game on their phone. And they're just, they don't really grasp what's going on. What we need to understand is there are, are a lot of spiritual forces at work. Uh, and this parable will help explain what's going on. So let's look in chapter number 13 of Matthew. We're going to start reading verse number 1. It says, the same day, went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he had sowed, some seeds fell on the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came, unto, came and said unto him, Why speakest thou? In parable, so Jesus is is his teaching at this point uh, has grown very popular. People know who he is. They're excited about the miracles he's been doing. So wherever he goes, he gathers a large crowd. And so he gets this. He's walking by the sea, and this large crowd gathers around him. And there's no really room for him to teach them. So he he goes in a boat and he pushes off from the shore and teaches them. And there's a lot of miracles that we miss in scripture that are, are obvious, but we don't want really to talk about. Like this miracle here. Jesus is on the sea shore. He's on a boat pushed away from the shore. He does not have a microphone system. He does not have a megaphone. He doesn't have people on the shore yelling the message back to people. He's just teaching from a boat and everybody on the shore, couple, you know, we don't know how far away they are, but you know, maybe 10 50 yards away, they hear him like you're hearing me now. It's the same thing on the the sermon on the mount. He's just teaching on a mountain and Every, there's thousands of people there, and they hear Him. Just like you're hearing me now. That's an incredible miracle we just kind of blow over, which I really don't want to focus on, but I just thought that's cool. Think about that. So they're hearing Him with, with no modern technology, but He's teaching, and he teaches his, and He's teaching a bunch of parables, and when He's done, the disciples come to Him and say, Why do you teach in parables? But notice what He said at, the, at the verse number 9. He says, If you have ears to hear, hear what I'm saying. In other words, Jesus says... Listen to what I am teaching you. But not everyone got what He was saying. Not everyone understood the message that He was trying to convey. So His disciples come to Him and say, Why do you why do you teach in parables? Why do you teach in these kind of weird riddles people have to figure out? Why don't you just come right out and say what you want to say? Just, you have a truth you want to convey... Just tell people the truth you want them to hear. Why not just be more straight, straightforward? If, if Jesus is who He says He is, why not just tell people what He wants them to know? Well, look at verse number 11. He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Here's, here's one reason... Jesus taught in parables. Insight into the truth of the Word of God is a gift of the Holy Spirit. No matter how smart you are, no matter how well educated you are, no matter how many Bible classes you take, if you do not have the Holy Spirit inside of you revealing to you the truth of God, you're never going to understand it. And so Jesus says, you know, you have the Holy Spirit teaching you, and so you understand it, but not everybody does. Not everybody has the Spirit, and so the truth of God is is hidden from them. You know, when Jesus, we see this elsewhere in Scripture, when Jesus is walking with the disciples and He says, who do men say I am? And they said, oh, some say you're Elijah, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're all this stuff. He goes, okay, but who do you say I am? Peter said, you are... Christ, the Son of the Living God. Jesus. Peter answered correctly and said, "You are the Messiah." And you know what Jesus said to him? He says, "Well done, you understand the teaching because you studied the Scriptures real well." No, no, no. He says, "You know that because the Spirit revealed it to you. The Spirit of God helps us understand. That's one of the ministries of the Spirit of the Holy Spirit. God tells us that that He reveals truth." To us, That's why you can read the same Scripture 50, 60 times throughout your life and get a new truth from God, a new encouragement from God every time you read it. That's why we say that the Word of God is a living book. Because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us showing us the truth that God wants us to have that we need for that day. So Jesus says, people don't understand it because people don't have the Spirit living inside of them. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3 says, Therefore I make known to you that no one, speaking by the Spirit of God, says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So one of the reasons Jesus taught in parables is so that those who didn't have the Spirit of God in them, who weren't seeking the things of God, they wouldn't understand it. He did that on purpose. Another reason that He taught in parables, and another reason some people struggle hearing the word of God is because sin makes our heart dull to the word of God. You have known unconfessed sin in your life. The Spirit of God is not going to speak to you through the Word of God. So you're like, "Well, I've you know I've read my Bible," and we all have these times in our life where we study the Scriptures, we're praying to God, and we can we just can feel like God's speaking directly to us. We read the Bible and it comes alive to us. But then there's other times where we read the Bible and it's like, there's nothing there. You pray and it's like, this, this isn't even getting through the ceiling. Why is that? Well, when those times come, you've got to look in your heart and say, God, do I have any unconfessed sin that's keeping me from hearing what God is saying? So look at verse number 12. Jesus gives us another reason here. For whosoever hath him, Uh, "...for whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he that hath more abundance, but whosoever hath not, from him shall it be taken away, even that he has. See, this gives another reason that Jesus wasn't really straightforward. He's saying, what you do with the truth that God reveals to you, determines if you get more truth from God. Here's what I mean. You're reading your Bible, and God reveals to you something in your life that needs to change. Now, it may not be blatant, outright sin. I'm not saying that you know, you're reading your Bible and all of a sudden, oh, I probably shouldn't look at pornography. No, you shouldn't. That's obvious. You shouldn't need the Scripture to tell you that. Holy Spirit should tell you that. But you're reading the Bible and you think, man, God's really showing me that I need to be better at discipling people. Maybe I need to get more involved in a Bible study. Maybe I need to get more involved in, in my prayer life. And so He lays something on your heart. He reveals something to you, but you don't do anything with it. Why would God give you more truth when you didn't do anything with the truth He's already shown you? He says, you, you know, some of you you are not getting more truth because I gave you truth and you did nothing with it. You just, oh, that's great, wonderful to know. I'm not going to do anything with it. So why would He reveal more truth to you? Then look at verse number 13. Therefore, speak I unto them in parables, because they see Me not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. See, insight into the truth of the Word of God is more a matter of the heart than it is the head. You can know your Bible, you can memorize your Bible, you can study uh, commentaries, and you can listen to all kinds of great teaching about the Bible, but if your heart is not right with God, you're not going to see the truth that God wants to reveal to you. It is the condition of our hearts, not a lack of clarity that keeps us from seeing the truth of God. It's like this. You know, you can take a pot of boiling, boiling water. You can put an egg in it and a potato in it. The egg is going to get hard. The potato is going to get soft. The, the difference isn't the water. The water is the same. It's H2O and it's really hot. But it softens the potato and it hardens the egg. It's the material that goes into the water. So, some people understand the Word of God or receive more from the Word of God or are blessed more by the, from the Word of God, not because the Word of God they're reading is different, it's because their heart is different. Their heart is open to the Word of God and so they receive different or better truth. So there are several things that keep us from seeing the truth of the Word of God. So I want you to write these down. These aren't points on the screen. But I want you to give you several reasons why some of you, myself included at times, have trouble seeing the truth of God. first one is an unwillingness to change. John 7, 17. If any man desires to do his will, he shall know whether the teaching is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. So sometimes we don't hear or we don't see the Word of God Uh, The truth of God because we we see something in the Bible that we know God wants us to change and we, we don't want to change. We're fine the way we are. We're perfect how we are. We don't need to change what we're doing. So here's what I'm saying. Submission to God's Word always precedes knowledge of God. When you obey God, God reveals Himself to you. So the more you obey, the more God reveals Himself to you. So if you're not obeying God in simple things, why would God show you some great powerful truth to help you when you're going through a difficult time? When He's like, you're not even obeying what I've said from the very beginning. You're not you're not obeying the simple things. Why would I show you something even better? Another reason that we don't understand or can't see the truth of the Word of God is we cherish sin in our hearts. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You cannot seek God with known unconfessed sin in your life. That's a, That word iniquity there is more than just you lost your temper one day and you snapped at your spouse or you said something to your kids you shouldn't have said and you got to make it right. That is, this is something that I know God says is wrong. My attitude, my actions, what I'm doing. I know the Bible says it's sin, but I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. You cannot seek God with that in your heart. You have known, unconfessed in your life, God will not talk to you and God will not hear you. Another reason we can't see the things of God is we have apathy to the things of God. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen You shall seek Me and find Me when you shall search for Me with your whole heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Some, of us, some people don't see God because they don't care to see Him. They're not looking for Him. To them, God... They they accepted him as as their savior. They got their ticket out of hell. That's all they need. Now look, if that's your attitude, I don't think your ticket's been punched. I think you you need to check uh, what's going on in your heart because if, you, if you're like, well, I got, I'm going said a prayer, I'm, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I can live my life how I want to. I hate to tell you, but no, you're not. You've 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 taken a bill of good, uh, wrong bill of goods there. But if you don't care about God, if you don't, if if you're not seeking God. You're not going to see him. We only see him when we seek him with our heart. Another reason that we don't hear from God is because we hate others. John four first John four twenty. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For whosoever does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? If there's someone in your life, and look, I know John, first John here is talking about believers. If you have a if you have a brother or sister in the church that you you hate. But here's really the teaching here. As a child of God, you cannot hate people. I don't care who they are. I don't care what they do. I don't care what their actions are like. Now look, we can hate sin and we should hate sin. But not because it bothers us. We should hate sin because it's sending people to hell. We should hate what they're doing because it's obscuring them from the truth of the Word of God. And they're not seeing how God loves them and died for them. And we have to break through that to show them the love of God. But we can't hate them. We can't hate a group because, oh, well, they disagree with me. That's Because Jesus doesn't hate anybody. There is no one that has ever been on the earth that Jesus says... I hate that person because of what they've done. He hates their sin because it's sending them to hell. He hates their rebellion because it's keeping them from being saved, but He loves them so much, He died for them just like He died for you. So you're like, well, man, I hate those radical Islamic Muslims. You can't say that. You can hate what they do. You can hate how they're perverting the teachings that they have. You can hate how their, their, their beliefs are keeping them from going to heaven. You can hate how they're keeping other people because they're so restrictive in their countries from hearing the gospel. But we love them. Because God loved them. And God died for them. You can't see the truth when you are hating other people. The condition of your heart is seen in how you love. Another reason we don't hear from God is we give other people's opinion more weight than God's. John 5.44, How can you believe who receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the, from the only God? You can't see the truth of the Word of God when you care what other people think more than you care what God says. When you care what your friends, or your neighbors, or your coworkers, or, well, I've got this great, this great, uh, you know, talk show host I listen to. When you care more about what Dr. Phil thinks, and you care about what God says, I don't even know if anybody listens to Dr. Phil anymore. He's just, he's all I know. Uh, or Oprah. I don't think Oprah's even on TV anymore. But when you care more about, okay, I'll hit, I'll hit you where it hurts. When you care more about what Fox News says, than what God says, or CNN, or God help us all, MSNBC. If you care more about what they say and they think than what the Bible says, you can't hear from God, because you're putting them in a place above God. It doesn't matter what others say or think, it only matters what God says. Jesus spoke in parables so that those with a heart to know God would see the truth of God, and those who didn't, who weren't seeking God, it would be obscured to them. Paul says the same thing in 2 Corinthians 2. He says, we, We are to God a sweet fragrance of Christ among those who are saved and among those who perish. So that's the point that Jesus is making with this parable. With what He's teaching the apostles. The condition of your heart is more important than what you know in your head. Your knowledge of the Bible is irrelevant if your heart is not right with God. You can memorize it cover to cover. You can know all the stories. But until you have a heart that is right with God, you're never going to hear the truth. And so Jesus explains the specifics to them. And He gives four types of people that He's talking to. So let's look at verse 13 again. Let's start reading verse number 18. Hear you, therefore, the parable of the sower... When one heareth the word of the kingdom, and and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. Now, this parable is sold in different uh, places of the Gospels, and so it gives us four different hearts. The first heart that Jesus says He's talking to is the hard heart. This is the person that they may be interested in what the Word of God says, but not much. It's, they, don't, they don't really want it to change their life. They want it to change how they live or what they do. And so they're, they hear the Word, but immediately, the Bible says, the enemy comes and snatches it away. Maybe he does it by putting doubt in their mind or doubts in their heart. Or he distracts them with something else. And it's not always a bad thing. But he comes and he, he snatches away. And this is this is one of the, the hardest things. that This is one of the, the, the chief ways that the enemy keeps people from either accepting Christ as their Savior or growing in their relationship with God. Because this can be a believer as well. You've got a hard heart. Yeah, you accepted Christ, but now your heart's kind of grown hard. And so every truth that just kind of something snatches it away and it distracts you uh, and it takes your mind off the Word. Some of you may experience this today. You're, you're listening to what I'm saying. You're hearing what I'm talking about, and you may think, man, that's a, that's a good point. But then you're going to leave here, and as soon as you get in the car, you're going to check your phone, or some of you have already checked your phone because I heard it ringing. Uh, you're going to check your phone, and, and I don't know who it was, so don't look at it. Uh, you're going to check your phone, and something's going to come up, and all of a sudden what God started doing in your heart is going to be snatched away because a boss called. A friend texts and says, "Hey, I need help," or something bad happened, or you're you, you know something. You're going to start thinking. So you know you're, you're sitting here thinking, man, he's talking. This is good. So and so needs to hear this. So and so doesn't need to hear this. You need to hear this. You know how I know you need to hear this? Because you're here hearing this. If so and so needed to hear it, guess what? They would hear it. But you're here hearing it, so you need to hear it. So it, it just the, the the enemy comes and he snatches away what God has done in your life. That thought is from the enemy. Distraction keeps more people from God than doubt, and that comes with a hard heart. The second heart that we look at is the shallow heart. Look at verse number twenty. But he that received the seed into the stony places, the same is he that heareth the word and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet, he hath not rooted himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. This is the, the person, man, they, they hear the message. They think, man, that is off. That is, that is exactly what I needed to hear. They are moved by it. They may make a decision. Say, hey, from this point on, I'm going to do this for God. I'm going to be faithful doing this. I'm going to continue going on. But it doesn't last. The decision the root doesn't go deep enough to help the decision last through any sort of difficulty. So when when any problem comes up, suddenly that truth doesn't matter anymore and we've got to deal with this. The the proof of your faith isn't its intensity at the beginning, but it's its endurance to the end. So you get excited, you get on fire for God, but maybe... You get on fire, for, you know, you think, man, God, I, I've been talking about giving, and God lays on your heart, I've got to be faithful to my giving, so man, I'm going to do what I have to do, I'm going to be faithful to my giving. You go home, a couple days later, guess what comes in the mail? An unexpected bill. We all get them. Every, time, every week, I get an unexpected bill. I'm like, where, where did that even come from? I have no idea what this is. And I've got to investigate it, and look, y'all know, several weeks ago, I had, uh, had to have emergency surgery. I know i got some bills coming. They haven't hit yet, but I get, every every day I open up the mailbox saying, oh God, please not today. Whoo! Praise the Lord. And so I'm going to keep praying that prayer, and hopefully they never come. Uh, but I know they will, uh, and it's an unexpected bill. And so we 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 say I'm going to be faithful in my giving, but a bill comes up, we say, well I, I can't. I got to I got to do this. And look, I'm going to talk about this a lot at the beginning of the year, but he, me and April, we we talked about this last week because we knew we know these bills are coming. We know I got a deductible I have to pay. I got out of pocket I got to pay. I know it's coming. I know about how much it's going to be. And you know how much I have to pay it? None of it. So you know what we decided to do? He said, well, we know we got some big bills coming up that we don't know how we're going to take care of it. So what we're going to do? We're going to increase our offering to church. Say, that's stupid. I'll do me, you do you, boo. But we know God's going to take care of us. We're faithful to Him. But too many of us, that Bill comes to me, well, I, I can't, I can't give anymore. I got, I got to take care of this. You, you have a shallow heart. Third heart that we see is number three, the divided heart. Look at verse twenty-two. He also that received the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word, and he becometh unfruitful. This person, they hear the word, they believe it, they want to follow it, but other things choke it out. The worries of the world. And look, we all got worries. If you're here and you have nothing to worry about, I don't know what what to say to you. We all got something to worry about. And you say, oh, well, you know, these kids, they ain't got nothing to worry about. Yeah, they do. They got school, they got all kinds of things to worry about. We all got worries of the world. That we, that, yeah, come over, Deceitfulness of lust. All these things try to choke out what the Word of God is doing in our heart. The deceitfulness of riches. They choke out what God's trying to do. These people, they're interested in the truth being preached. But again, bills come in. Relationship problems come up. And so what God is trying to do in their life takes a back seat. I can't, I can't do this right now. I've got to handle this situation here. Or... You want to be faithful to church, but something always takes priority. Kids, sports programs on the weekends. And Look, I know about this. Lexi, several years ago, she used to do gymnastics, uh, and she was really good at it. Uh, matter of fact, they asked her to be part of their travel team. And so I talked to them about it, and I'm like, well, what's the travel team entail? And they're like, oh, well, it's practice you know, five days a week, and then or four days a week, and then uh, on Friday... Uh, Friday, Saturday, and sometimes Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, we, we travel to Charlottesville and Richmond and all these places. And, you know, I'm like, uh, well, honey, I love you. And I'm glad you're good at gymnastics, but no, I'm not giving up. And, you know, she's like, well, it's just because you're a pastor. You've got to be there. Well, no, it, even if I wasn't the pastor, I'd be like, honey, I'm not giving up every Sunday worshiping God to, to take you around for gymnastics. Uh, you know, I'm glad you're good at it, I'm glad you enjoy it, but no, God's priority. And that shows them, hey, God's priority. And so things come up, or, you know, and I know a lot of you, uh, most of you, you you work full-time. And so some of you are even working Saturdays, and so Sunday is your only day off. And I get it. You you want to, it's my day off, I just want to relax. I understand that. And look, I'm even going to go so far to say, every once in a while, we need that. We need vacations. We need time, just us, where we can restore our soul and we can be refreshed. But when we make it an every weekend thing, where every weekend i got to refresh, you can't refresh without the Word of God. And I know we live in 2022, and you can get the Word of God through podcasts, and you can watch it on Facebook Live, but Jesus didn't say, just be sure to listen to the Word of God some way throughout the week. He says, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Something special happens when the church of God gathers and we worship as a family. Some want not obey the Word of God because the cares of the world choke it out. It's too inconvenient to get involved in ministry. It's too inconvenient to give to the church. It's too inconvenient to tell people about the Word of God. So they're not consciously rejecting God. Just God's Word gets crowded out by other things. But here's the heart we all need to have. Number four, the open heart. Look at verse 23. But he that received the seed into the good ground, is he that heareth the Word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. The seed that fell on the good ground is the same seed that fell on the hard ground and the shallow ground And the divided ground, the thorny ground. It's the same seed. The difference is the soil. This soil was open. And notice how fruitful the seed in this soil is. It says some gave a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Typically, when you would sow seed, you would receive eight times what was sown. So you would get eight times what you. But this, Jesus says, this soil is bringing forth thirty, sixty, a hundred times what we'll say. He is showing us that something miraculous happens when the Word of God finds a fruitful heart to work in. When the Word of God takes root in your heart, it produces miraculous fruit. And it shows up in how you treat people, in how generous you are with people, and how Quickly, you forgive when someone hurts you. It is a miracle, which means it is noticeable. God's Word is powerful. God's Word created the universe. God spoke everything into existence. And if His Word is rooted in your heart, it will be noticed by others. Now, real quick. Do not compare yourself to other people the Bible says we are not to compare ourselves with others don't even compare you says don't even compare yourself with with other with yourself do not compare yourself with other other believers that is dangerous and that is stupid Bible says so Jesus said this seed was sown some of it produced thirty fold some of it produced Sixty-fold and some of it produced a hundredfold, but it all produced for his kingdom. Some people will grow faster. Some people will grow more. So if you're comparing yourself to another believer and saying, I'm just I'm not as far along in my walk with God as they are, or I'm not as, as faithful in this area as they are, or I'm not as good a Christian as they are, then you're going to get discouraged, and you're going to have doubts, and it's going to damage your walk with God. Some people are growing going to grow more. But God doesn't say, make sure you all grow at a hundredfold. No, He goes, just grow. Produce what God has in your life for your life. Don't look at someone else and say, man, they're doing so much better. I wish I could be more like them. God didn't make you produce what they're producing. God made you to produce what He wants you to produce. Maybe it's 30, maybe it's 60, maybe it's 100. Who knows? doesn't matter how much it is. Just be faithful to produce for God. Grow through the Word. Allow it to take root in your heart and change you for His glory. As believers, our job is to go through our community, to go through our world, sowing the seed of the Word of God. But while we're sowing the seed of the Word of God, we have to make sure that our heart is the right soil to receive what God's doing in our life. We need to make sure that we, are, that we don't have a distracted heart Do we get distracted from what God's trying to do in your heart? Don't let the cares of the world choke out what God's trying to do in your heart. So does the Word of God in your life, does it take deep root in your heart, or does it take shallow root and doesn't accomplish anything for God's will? Or does your heart have soil that eagerly accepts the Word of God and produces for Him and His glory? Are you ready to make your heart fertile soil for what God is trying to do in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you for listening to this message from New Grace Baptist Church. For more information about New Grace, check out our website at www.reachingroanoke.com.